Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigSceneDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. Hey, everyone. It's Scott from Marty's Illegal Stick Hockey Podcast and the Zamboni Time Machine. If you want to create your own podcast, the best option to make that happen is Anchor. If you ever heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, and who doesn't like free? There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And what's up, hockey fans, and welcome to episode number 69 of Marty's Illegal Stick Hockey Podcast. Stop snickering, Dave. I can hear you over here already. Yeah, that's just crinkles. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure it is. <laughs> Recording here on March 24th, 2022, we have got one great show lined up for you because this guest, he's been on a few times, and I just he, I love having him on because he's so much fun. Before I bring him in, though... That guy that was snickering over there, I want to bring him in. My trusty sidekick, the guy who's just doing all this great job producing, pressing buttons that I don't understand what he's pressing. Anyways, it's Dave the Save Warner. It's kind of random. You just push whatever, and you think I'm doing a lot of stuff. Well, you know what? You're doing a good job of looking busy. (laughs) That's why we pay you the big cents. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, boy. Anyways. I'm going to bring our guest in. Like I said, our guest has been on a few times. He is the host of the Devil's State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. He's also into several other different projects that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about some New Jersey Devils. We're going to talk about some Utica Comets. Talk some NHL with the one, the only, the incomparable, Mr. Neil Villapiano. Neil, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great, guys, and uh, we're already off to a riveting start here yes, in this we episode. Oh. We, we, we've already laughed about three or four times, so you already know it's going to go great. Exactly. You know, and, and that's including the times that we weren't recording, that we exactly. told ourselves a lot of good jokes, yeah. and we thought oh, we were yeah. live. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's the behind-the-scenes stuff that you put out later on. Yeah, yeah. To, uh, yeah. to hear and listen to. But uh, other than that, I'm doing well. Uh, obviously, things have changed quite a lot uh, with the Devils, um, and certainly you know for myself since the last time I was on here. And uh, I'm just excited, as always, to jump on and uh, you know just talk some hockey, especially about the Devils and Certainly about the Utica Comets. Oh, man. You know, well, I'll tell you what. It's been, what, two months since you've been on, I think. 
about and, two months, yep. And like I said, it's a blast every time you're on. So last time you were on, we, we kind of got you fired up because it was kind of a rough patch that was going on, you know? <laughs> Didn't do it on purpose. It's just kind of one of those organic kind of things, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, the same rough patch, which I know you're going to bring up, it's the same <laughs> problem we have now. So I mean, it's not like it's not like from that point of view, it's changed a whole lot. Uh, but you know what, though, you had a pretty good week. I mean, one of the projects that you're into is the uh, the watch-alongs for the Hockey Podcast Network, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. But I was watching you Tuesday night when your Devils took on the Rangers, and uh, you were in a very good mood, my friend. Oh yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, that was fun, especially, you know, whenever you get the opportunity to win a game like that in general, it's always fun. But but especially when you face your your, you know, your rival, the New York Rangers, and you win that game. Um, I'm sure some of the boys up there in Utica were not thrilled about that game, but it's all right. It's all good. Um, but, yeah, it was it was honestly a really big win, um, you know, for them to score five unanswered goals in the second period and really just kind of, you know, just kick the crap basically out of the uh, – out of the Rangers in that game and score seven goals for the sixth time this season in a game. Um, it's just really, really exciting. So yeah, I mean, Tuesday, Tuesday night was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, the, the Rangers got up to nothing quick and I was like, Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> but, uh, but no, they, they came storming back. And of course, Nico Dawes of the Utica Comets in goal once again. Um, you know, I'll tell you, we, uh, we miss him here in Utica. Don't get me wrong. Akira Schmidt's been doing a great job holding down the fort. But, of course, we always miss our guys that get called up. Good for them, of course. You know, we're always happy to see guys get a chance in the NHL. But uh, yep. tell us a little bit about what you've been seeing, Nico, uh, down there in New Jersey. Well, the Devils organization certainly has a lot of high hopes for the kid because it's not an accident that he has played something like, what, 11 of the last 13 games for the Devils. Um, they clearly have confidence in him, not just from the coaching staff, but certainly from the team themselves. They seem to play stronger behind him. They seem to just feel confident in general around him. So I think it's been really good to see. And he's had a handful of games, even some of the games he didn't win, where he has looked very strong in net. Now, you look at last week and you say, yeah, he was a little bit shaky. And, um, you know, even against the Rangers, he at times was a little bit shaky. But you know what? At the end of the day, he's been the most consistent goaltender we've had literally this entire season. And to see somebody that is showcasing a lot of potential moving forward, I think is very, very exciting. And uh, do I think that Nico Dawes is fully ready to take over as the number one guy long term? I think it's still too early to too early to say. I think we got to see how he comes into training camp next year. It's certainly once he goes back down to Utica, and that'll probably happen sooner rather than later. Um, you know how he does in the playoffs and everything. And Kevin Deneen will certainly have a good problem on his hands with who he wants to go with the net once they get into the playoffs and get things rolling. And um, But at the end of the day, it's really, really been good to see Nico Dawes playing well. The team themselves feels good around him. And, uh, you know, I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing. It might be both. Um, when Lindy Ruff talked uh, last week after the game against Calgary, um, he said that, look, quite frankly, uh, we're putting uh, Dawes in somewhat of an unfair situation for him having to play every single game, sure, even back-to-backs. And it's tough, but considering that John Gillies is, to put it nicely, not very good, um, we really don't have a whole lot of options. So, you know, we were talking about goaltending as a major factor two months ago. Not much has really changed. I mean, we're still, we're just trying to get through the last 18 games or so of the season. And uh, as Tom Fitzgerald, our general manager, put it, go back to the drawing board 
um, with the goaltending uh, once we get into this offseason. But other than that, really, really love how calm, cool, and collected Dawes has been. And he's keeping the Devils in a lot of games, which is all we Gartner. Yeah. That's I right. like Mike Gardner. He played for the Rangers, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Hall of Famer. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so you guys have got to be happy because your teams are both going into the playoffs. Mine's mm-hmm. just about clinched. But we'll talk about the Eastern Conference. That's right in you guys' wheelhouse. You're right in the same division. Mm-hmm. So tell me, guys, is it going to be the Caps and the Rangers in the first round? Wow. I don't know. Right now, it's Penn's Rangers, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, is the current was the current projected finish? I I I definitely don't want to play Florida. So I don't like I said earlier. I don't want to be an eighteen. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to play them right no. now. Um, I think actually the Capitals match up, in my opinion, best against the Hurricanes. Wow. Um, I'd like to avoid the Lightning too. The Leafs. I think that series is going to be. If, there, if it ends up being Leafs bolts, Oof. I think whatever team wins that series is out the next round. I think that's going to be a brutal series. That'll be a fun series, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. But it's going to be <clears throat> tough, and it's going to go seven. Yeah, you know? yeah, I can that's, see that happening. That's a tough. That's a tough matchup. Um, I, I, even though, as a Caps fan, it is my sworn duty to hate the Penguins. Uh, that was, oh, absolutely. absolutely! See, we found common ground. Yes, there we, we go. Did. I agree yeah. with you one hundred percent. Now, there was um, something very satisfying about when the Caps won the Cup in twenty eighteen, going through the Penguins. Like yes. I felt then that they were going to win it because they'd finally shaken that demon of the Pens knocking them out of playoffs so many years in a row. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. So I. I I'm not. I don't feel as strongly as intimidated by the Penguins, and the Caps are on a bit of a heater right now. So, uh, that, like I said, those middle seeds are going to shuffle around. I think before before we get there. Yeah, I mean that's it, it, it'll be interesting. I mean, I think and honestly, Drew, I'll tell you, I'm surprised actually the way the Caps have come on at the end of the season. To be perfectly honest yeah, with you. I, I, the way things were kind of looking in February, I was like, oh, boy. It's it's, well, it's a good yeah. thing that the Eastern Conference right now, you have eight really good teams, and you have eight that aren't going to make the play this season. But yeah. I will say, just not to get sidetracked, but I do think starting next season, that Eastern Conference is going to get really, really interesting. Yeah. Because I think sure. Buffalo is going to be better. I think yeah. New Jersey is going to be better. I think Detroit's going to be better. And those teams are all going to have money to spend. Yeah, in the off season, yeah, so it, a lot of money to it's it's going to get interesting. Yeah, yeah it's going to be yeah, def, definitely that year is going to be getting older, and then you have kind of what I would call your legacy teams, like the Caps. They're getting older. The Pens. They're getting older. So mm-hmm. you have these teams that are infused with all this youth and skill, and then and that's how power shifts. You know, right? Teams are up and teams are down. Um, so yeah, I think you're going to see some changes like that next year. I bet the playoff picture is going to look different. No, oh, I, I I think so. I can't quite see what Josh is saying on the screen. Oh, Josh. Um, well, he said pens, and then he goes, "That's because they had all old pens players." <laughs> <laughs> Where, where'd you see Josh? Yeah, I love it. Josh, no, it's on the comments right there. Oh, on the comments. Okay, <laughs> on the comments there. We're we're reading the comments. Yeah, Gumper. It's it's a new technology kind of thing. They they. <laughs> They can send us messages. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> on behalf of uh, <laughs> what do you think, Gov? I want to hear your opinion yeah, on this. I, I, I got to only take care of my nephew here because I'd rather see. I'd rather play the Penguins than the Capitals. I think the Penguins, I, 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 like you said, I, I I never did like the Penguins. <laughs> I've always hated the Penguins, and uh, but I think the Capitals are a much better team than the Penguins. So I'd rather get through the first round, getting getting through Pittsburgh before I have to take on the Capitals. I think a lot mm. with the Penguins is going to depend on Tristan Jari, if he's going to be healthy or not. Yeah, well, that's the Capitals' problem, right, is goaltending. Right. Once they got their players back, you know, and like Leo, you mentioned earlier about the injury situation. Yes. Every team goes through it. I mean, the Caps had that really rough spell in February, and they were without Eller, Oshie, um, Backstrom for a bit. Mm. I mean, that's a tough that's a tough thing to make up for. But when those guys got back, they're like, okay, now we're playing. And uh, Kuznetsov looked amazing last night. Like he's playing playoff hockey against the uh, Avs, too, which is good to see because he mm. disappears and goes to laser right. a lot. Right. Um, but I think that you're going to – yeah, I don't know. That middle ground of those seed – that seedings, Boston's been kind of down a little bit lately. You know, they're not playing their best hockey. They got injury problems too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Paulie. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Paulie. Paulie Tomaso says that. <laughs> Did you hear me, Paulie? <laughs> oh, God. But I, I, I'm telling you, I think with Florida loading up the way they did at the at the deadline. Even though I will say this, I've never been a firm believer in trading off half your prospects at the trade deadline for rentals. I've never been yeah. a big believer in that. And you want to know why? And I've said this on the show a thousand times, and anybody who's been listening is going to go, oh, here he goes again. The trade deadline is so close to the end of the season that if that new player coming in doesn't click with his teammates right off the bat, that's a it almost never works out. Yeah, in 2016, we brought in Shattenkirk. That's right. That's right. You gave up like a first-round pick and a prospect, and right? Yes and, yes, and he was awful. Yeah. Just well, didn't click. <laughs> You're exactly right. And they gave up a really nice prospect to, to get this rental. And then, he, of course, he didn't sign up. The Caps weren't, weren't going to pay him. Right. Because, you know, you're talking about a guy with a big contract number. And you're talking about what you've traded away is an entry-level deal. Right. 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 So the, the money doesn't make sense either. No, no, it doesn't. But I will say that with Florida, I think they had enough of a core before they made those trades. Yeah. To I, I, Honestly, I'll, I'll tell you something. I think that even if they didn't make any deals at the deadline, I would still say that they'd have to be one of the hands-on favorites in the East. Oh, for sure. That team is a monster. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Barkoff running that thing. I mean, psh, that team is a monster this year. And, you know, it's so weird to say that about the Florida Panthers. You know what? It is. You know, because they've had this ascension from basically an empty building for so many years. Right. And now all of a sudden now they're world beaters. Well, and you know, the thing is, too, it's not like this is a brand new thing. I mean, they've actually had a decent team that's been building for the past couple yeah. of seasons. And that's why I always kind of felt bad for them right until this season. <laughs> because even with a decent team, you know, I mean, because they've had Barkoff for a while. They've had Huberdeau yeah. for a while. They could just never get anybody into that building. And, okay, I, I, I understand that it's it's Miami and hockey is, you know, on the back yep. back burner. But I was really shocked that that – and I don't think it's going to happen right away, or if, I, if ever at this point. But yeah. I was surprised that the Panthers did not end up in Quebec. 
Yeah, I, I yeah, me too. That was that mm-hmm. was a, there was a lot of talk. And didn't they just build build a new arena there? Yeah, it's a and it's an eighteen thousand seat. Yeah, NHL ready arena that they built a few state of the art. And yeah. now they're Q, you know, the the Q team's playing there. But wouldn't be wouldn't it be interesting <laughs> if Florida did go to Quebec oh. and then Quebec wins the cup that next year? Because sort of like how the Nordiques went to Colorado and exactly, and they won the cup the next year. <laughs> <laughs> Little karma coming back around. I always felt so bad for Quebec. I really <laughs> did when that happened because here they suffered through years. Years to build up all those draft picks and all that young talent, and as soon as it all came to fruition, they left town and lifted the cup. Yeah, that's <laughs> terrible. I it really that. is. That was a bad beat. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> but is there anybody out of the East that you see that could possibly take the Panthers down? Uh, they'd have to really get on a heater. Honestly, could be who comes out if they end up doing the. Uh, the Lightning Leafs. You know, I said that the, that that team was going to lose. However, there's so much talent in that pool. The problem mm-hmm. with the Leafs is youth, right? They're, they and not a lot of playoff experience. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't play a particularly physical brand of hockey, but the Lightning certainly does. Sure. You know, and if that if that it does end up being a first round matchup, I think one of those teams could win. But again, if these things shuffle around, I think it's going to depend on matchups. Who I think, like, I don't know. I think if it were Tampa and Carolina, I think that game, that series goes five, maybe six, and the Lightning comes out of it. Like that could a Lightning team like that could beat them. I hate rooting against the Lightning because all they do is win. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. That's a, that's it's, it's like the New England Patriots used to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no matter what, it used like, to be. It used to be <laughs> yeah, is the yeah, keyword there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, I, I tell you, too, I out of the West, I, I think it's – and obviously being a Kings fan, I, I want to say, oh, yeah, but I'm a realist, even if they yeah, – uh, you know, That's kind of where I am, too. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm realistic team. about it. And I think it's either going to be Calgary or Colorado. And yeah, just because Calgary, I will tell you that, you know, people sleep on them, but Calgary plays such a strong all-around game. And that that's a team that is built for playoff hockey. Yeah, for sure. You know, there are teams that are built for the regular season, and then there are teams that are built for the playoffs. I like to call it like the flash and bash, right? Yeah. So it's almost like in golf, right? You, you drive for show, and you putt for dough. Putt for dough. You, yeah. you know, so I, I really think that if anybody's going to give Colorado a problem, it's going to be the Flames. Yeah, and I think that you're exactly right hitting it on the head, and I think that when the Caps did break through and win the Cup, they changed their style of play from that kind of soft, ticky-tacky and played a lot more physical right. and used the skill. But like I said the other day, that was the first time I had seen a, a full avalanche game, and I was, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not that physical. No. You know? Not at um, all. That game the other night was was pretty physical. McDermott went at it pretty well, pretty well with Wilson with some heavy hits. But they're a speed demons. Sure they are. Which maybe... Does it work, right? Drive for show, putt for dough. Yep, there it is. Really sling it. But <laughs> playoff games don't, aren't 8-7. No, you know I mean? no. one nothing. 2 Exactly. Exactly. You got to be able to play like that. Although Colorado did themselves a huge favor going to get Josh Manson. Yeah, for the, sure. That, that gave him a little bit of that grit that they yep. were going to need. But yeah, I tell you. And, um, yeah, I, I, guess, I mean, 
getting people to trade deadline is hit or miss, but for them, it's working out, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So. Absolutely. But, I, you know, I mean, wouldn't Colorado, Florida be such a fun final? It'd be a horse race. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they'd be flying up and down. Into the front office quite soon. He doesn't really want to coach that much longer. Um, and I don't see that being a fit in Boston. I don't see an easy transition into their front office. So I, I, I really think he's going to go somewhere where he has a future in management. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, Trotz was the biggest loss that I can remember for the Caps because he was so good. And it's not just him. It's like wherever he goes, you know who else comes with him? Mitch Korn, the best goaltender. <laughs> Here we go again. In the world. <laughs> right? You, you get a full package. The problem with Barry, unfortunately, is that he's very good at hiring assistants and they replace him. <laughs> like it sucks. But, you know, like I thought that he would transition to the Caps front office. I think he's probably a better fit in Winnipeg. It's his home province. You know, I think that that's where he may end up. Maybe Philly, but I, I don't think right. he wants the media and all that. Like, I think I think Winnipeg's a good fit for Barry. I, I don't know if he's going to win a cup there, but, you know, he's going to have a decent run, move into the front office, and um, kind of be done with it. You know, you bring uh, that up, so Drew. Yeah, that way I, I – yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was like, speaking of Winnipeg, <clears throat> actually, Paul Maurice might be a pretty good fit in Boston. Known to be a, a, a player. The players loved him in Winnipeg. Yeah, and coming off a situation where you have a, a a locker room that did not like their their old coach, it actually might do the Bruins a world of good to bring somebody like Maurice in to kind of calm the waters a little bit. Okay, let's you know. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, aka the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. With every race, every qualifying run, and every pit stop, Tim Coffeen would feel the pressure and excitement. With his own podcast on the Sports History Network called Tim Coffeen Talks IndyCar and Racing History, Tim will share those very same racing emotions and memories with his listeners. Learn, laugh, and enjoy the world of IndyCar racing through the eyes of Tim Coffeen. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast. 